0: What a wonderful thing it is to know that wherever we are, whatever we're going through, Jesus is fully aware of every moment, every thought, the intent of our heart, and what it would take to redeem us, to fix us. If we would just be willing to follow Him and to embrace Him, uh, there's not anything in our lives that He can't set in order. And so it's not always easy. Sometimes there's a great and lengthy process that's required, but, uh, but He's always there. And we praise the Lord for that. As we begin this morning and we look here... Uh, on this final Sunday before we celebrate the Lord's birth. Uh, and we look here at the mangers. You know, there's a lot of things that have taken place here. There's been uh, the announcement of the birth to Mary and then to Joseph, and we've seen their responses, the burden that they shouldered, uh, the emotional uh, distress initially, that the, the euphoria, but then the realization of, hey, what's everyone going to think in Mary's heart? Uh, the anxiety and the despair of Joseph's heart, uh, thinking what any normal person would think and then realizing through the Lord's leading that uh, that this was of God and so embracing that. There's just in my mind the thought of uh, and accepting something and, and then embracing it is is two uh, com- largely different things. And Joseph uh, not only accepted what the angel told him, but he embraced it. Uh, And he did everything that was necessary to the point of, uh, you know, when you talk about him leaving Nazareth and then they went to Bethlehem and then they had to go to Egypt, he left his livelihood behind. He left his business behind. Uh, He left everything that he knew behind all for the sake of following the will of God, which he uh, in the beginning at least struggled to understand. And this the the commitment uh, that comes... And that is put in us and that ability whenever we fully and totally surrender ourselves to the will of God uh, for our life. So there's been uh, all of this lead up to uh, the birth of Christ. And now uh, as he is born, the angels uh, come and the the shepherds are just out doing their job. Uh, There's not anything really unusual up to this point about their day. Uh, they've gone through the morning doing their normal routine they've uh, they've led their flocks they've made sure that they had grazing rent land they had uh, good water they've kept them safe and now as night has come and settled on them we find them just simply out in the field. Uh, they have no expectation uh, of what's about to happen. They have no way to realize that, uh, that they're about to be overwhelmed by the power and the presence of God. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes in our lives, it kind of works that way. If we're just where we're supposed to be, uh, doing what we're supposed to do, then at the most unexpected of times, God shows up in a very real and miraculous way. And, you know, most of the time when we get here and I start to preach, I'm uh, I'm really long on introduction, and today is the opposite. Today we're just going to jump right in. Uh, we've been going back and forth over the last three weeks from Matthew chapter one to Luke chapter two. Uh, This isn't the first time uh, that I've preached from this text, but it is a different emphasis this morning. And so I just want to just jump in this morning uh, and look here as we see what they're up to. And I want you to notice first of all this morning in verse number 8 this fact. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. The first thing that I want us to notice this morning is this, is that the shepherds are simply minding their post. They're just where they're supposed to be. Now, there's a lot to be said about minding one's post. There's a lot to be said about the shepherds executing their duties because they change a lot from one part of the day to the next. In the morning uh, when they first rise and they stir would be a busier time uh, depending upon where they are. Uh, water might have to be drawn, uh, or they may have to lead the sheep down to uh, the stream or the river that would be nearby. Uh, if it is a uh, fast-moving body of water, then there's danger. Uh, if it's a gentle stream, then it would be, of course, a little bit more leisurely, less expectation of, of problem or injury. Uh, but they would still have to be on, on duty, and they'd have to be vigilant in their watching. The uh, The feeding. Uh, The predators, Uh, all of the things that come with the thieves that would come. Uh, And some of that with the predators and the thieves in particular would subside some during the day. But then their responsibilities of caring for the animals and mending anything that is anyone that is injured or uh, going to find anyone that had any of them that had strayed away and bringing them back. And so uh, they're just going through their routine. Uh, if you've ever, if you've ever had a job or if you've ever, uh, served in the military where you, where you've had to stand a guard post, uh, I think you kind of get a little bit of a sense of what I'm talking about here. For, uh, the first couple of years that I was in the military, uh, after I got through basic and, and, and MO at job school and all that kind of stuff, uh, I was, I, guard duty was pretty much my thing for a while. And, uh, I was glad to get off of that, that detail also. Uh and I, and I I worked in different positions and different posts whenever I was at Marine Barracks in 8th and I Streets in Washington uh you know if I got to work the main gate there's a little more activity there it's a little less monotonous a little less burdensome uh when I worked at, at the at the Washington Navy Yard whenever we would we would out of the, the barracks but we'd stood that post down uh at the Chief of Naval Operations home uh at the main gate there uh of, of entry for the admirals and uh and we would stand there that was a little bit more interesting because you had uh higher profile figures coming and going uh when I went to Camp David and uh first started there it was you know the the new guy on the hill uh we were we were walking a post uh out around the perimeter it, it was i mean getting moved up to the front gate was a big deal because you got to interact Uh, With people, you, you inspected cars and did all kinds of the greeted folks that were coming in. Uh, but when you were on the backside of the compound or off on the sides of the compound, there's not anything out there but just uh, deer, turkey, and a lot of fallen acorns. And so, I mean, it's just uh, not much to look at. There's not much to, uh, to deal with, at least in the daytime. You can kind of see what's going on. Uh, but when you had that stretch from midnight to 3 or from 3 in the morning until 7 in the morning, I'm telling you, uh, it got monotonous, especially in January and February up in the mountains in Maryland. And uh, and it, it just got to where really about the only encounter you were going to have is the uh, is the occasional pass by by the driving uh, patrol or uh, the the sergeant of the guard or the officer of the day coming out and trying to sneak up on you uh, to see if you were minding your post and you were doing what you were supposed to do. I, I'm just saying when you're out there and it's dark and and it's been a long time since anything out of the ordinary's happened. It's monotonous and it's boring uh, and it's hard to kind of fixate your mind on uh, on what you're supposed to be doing. I, I can't tell you how many times walking up and down my post on the backside of, uh, of, of not the desert, but it felt like at some time uh, I, would, I would recite the capitals of every state in my mind. I'd mm-hmm. learn the states and or, is anything that you could think of uh, to occupy your mind while you're out there alone, uh, you tend to do. And so I'm thinking in those terms here are these shepherds. It's It's night. They're, the sheep aren't up moving around if the sheep get up and move it's because there's a problem it's because there's a threat they're they're laid down they're bedded down it's quiet and uh and it's it's uh, a little bit at times relaxing, and there are times when we know from the life of David that they would have uh, played music, and they would have uh, they would have meditated on the Lord, and they would have thought uh, about those types of things in their life. Uh, but when it's all said and done, there's only so much time you can devote your mind to that before it drifts, it wanders. Before you take turns getting some rest and sleep yourselves, but someone had to stay up and uh, be on guard duty essentially for the welfare in the safety of the sheep and and really that's what we see here their day up to this point has been pretty routine which means in the minds and lives of most people at whatever job you work uh, if if nothing out of the ordinary has happened that means that probably it's been just a pretty monotonous boring day there's not anything that's captivated your attention, and so we see. I have just a couple of thoughts about this this morning. The first thing that I would think is we see the mind in their posts is that they were just doing what they were supposed to be doing. You know, there's a lot to be said for doing what you're supposed to be doing. Sometimes it may not be as exciting as other things. But there's a lot of things, uh, there's a lot of protection, there's a lot of safety, there's a lot of peace of mind, there's a lot of, uh, of foundation laid, and there's a lot of problems set in order when I just do what I'm supposed to be doing, when I'm just where I'm supposed to be. Uh, When I'm not trying to be flashy, when I'm not trying to make something out of nothing, when I'm not trying to convince myself that there's something else that has to be done, when I just settle in and do the work that God has given me to do. And we see along these lines that what are they doing? Well, there are two things really that they're doing. It makes clear here, they're watching their sheep. They're in the same country, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. They're just there they're protecting from danger yes they're they're making sure that everything is in order yes uh, but I want to say something about that their, their presence alone did not protect absolutely from danger there sometimes it may have been necessary for action to be taken if if we're not willing to take action when it's necessary then we really haven't protected from danger uh, when you stop and you think, and uh, Brother Roger sits out in, in the lobby and keeps watch So with all of the different shootings and things that go on in and, uh, and churches and schools and malls and things like that in this day and age, and uh, and he can hear out there. But you know, uh, it's a little bit of a deterrent for someone that meant harm to come in and to see someone sitting out there. But if anyone ever came in, if he didn't take action, we wouldn't be protected. Uh, action is required. <laughs> And sometimes we have to realize that uh, doing what we're supposed to be doing and being where we are watching over means at times that we have to get involved and take action. Uh, And so there's, uh, there's that thought. Then secondly, I would say that they were out in the field. They were out in the field. They weren't sitting back uh, in the sheep coat. They weren't uh, in a place of comfort. They weren't in a place of security. They're out in the field. They're out doing what needs to be done. And uh, I want to tell you, as a Christian, we, we're, not, we're not much of much value to the Lord if, uh, if this is the, the sum total of our Christian life. We have to be out in the field. We have to be out engaging with those that need the Lord. Uh, we have to be out engaging with those uh, that are searching for truth and we have to at times protect the vulnerable from those uh, that would prey upon them and there are a lot of things that go into this but uh, but the shepherds are here they're just doing what they're supposed to do. And, and the second thing about this uh, that I would say is that they were faithfully discharging their duty in the darkness. Not when it's easy, not when it's when it's fun, not when it's when it's it's captivating, uh, but in the darkness. The darkness has a lot of symbolic meaning, and uh, and and I'm not going to play too much into that this morning. But but the reality is is that uh, it, it, there's a there's still a lot to be said for people that do what they're supposed to be doing, even when it's difficult. And that's when it's the most important, by the way. Uh, It's the most important for me to stay faithful to the Lord, to stay faithful to his word, uh, to stay faithful to what God's uh, called us to do uh, when it's not easy. It's been said uh, that character is revealed in adversity, uh, and it's also revealed in what we do when we think no one is watching. The real us is brought out in times of adversity. We can pretend to be a lot of things. But the real me comes out in times of trouble. Not only that, the real me is exposed whenever everything is just relaxed and I think no one's around. See, what we do in the dark is really who we are. And these shepherds in the darkness are revealing something about their character. They're willing to just pay the price. They're willing uh, to understand that the value is in the sheep. There's no value in them. They are not owed anything. Uh, they, uh, they've contracted for their wage. And, uh, and other than that, uh, they're owed no comfort. They're owed no lodging. They're owed nothing other than what they've agreed to uh, do the work for. Uh, but they're out there and they're in the dark and they're faithfully discharging their duty, even when it's not easy and when it's not convenient. Uh, and they're just there. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to be here when when services are going on. It's a good thing to be at activities when they present themselves. It's a good thing (coughs) to be involved in uh, in outreach ministries of the church. It's a good thing to be involved in other ministries of the church. Why pastor? Because uh, there are sheep that need to be cared for. Because there's a job that needs to be done. And it's not always going to be glamorous. It's not always going to be exciting. It's not always going to be out front where everyone notices the price that you're paying and the sacrifice that you're making and the, the work and the that you're putting in. Uh, but God never misses <clears throat> out on any of that. <coughs> He's fully aware uh, of everything. And so we see, first of all, this morning that the shepherds are minding their post. Secondly, this morning, we see The shepherds find themselves in the midst of the powerful because they are minding their post. Imagine if they had called in sick that night. Imagine if they had laid out that day and just uh, didn't feel like going. Imagine if they were uh, stressed and overburdened and they, uh, they, they, they just didn't do what they were supposed to do. Look at what they would have missed out on. Notice verse number 9. Uh, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. I think we'd be afraid too. Here we are. We've been doing this for uh, what would seem like a lifetime for some of them. And uh, for some that might have meant a few years. For some it might have meant a few decades. We don't know the age of the shepherds. We just know that they're there in the dark doing what they're supposed to do. And so it's conceivable that some of them have been doing this for many, many years. And then uh, all of a sudden, something happens that's never happened before. Something's happened that they never could have dreamed up. Something happens that, that they, uh, that they uh, are, are shaken about and that they find fearful. Uh, and what we find is that they are in a powerful and they are fronted with a powerful presence. And may I say this morning that any time that God shows up in our lives, his presence is powerful. Coming to church doesn't guarantee the, the power of God's presence showing up in life. Uh, The the power of God's presence requires more than casual Christianity. It requires more than a casual, flippant walk through the Christian life. Uh, The the power of the presence of God in your life happens when you are seeking Him deeply and learning of Him and are surrendered and committed to Him. It is not something uh, that can be conjured up and it's not something that can be demanded. It is something that when we find ourselves doing what He's given us to do, faithfully, executing. Executing our Christian duty, and our hearts are involved with Him, and we are seeking Him. That God, spontaneously on His time and in, and in His will, shows up in a powerful and a mighty way and changes one's life. That's the way it works. You hear stories about great evangelist D.L. Moody always comes to mind whenever I think on this when he would uh, share his testimony of uh, of being a preacher of the gospel and preaching and uh, seeing occasionally someone come to Christ. And then uh, he spent time alone with God in prayer and something miraculous happened in his life that he barely could even explain other than just saying it was an endowment of power from the Holy Spirit of God. And then he went back out after that and the same preached the same sermons to the same crowds and saw thousands upon thousands of people's lives impacted by the gospel because it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about this power of God. It's about the spirit of God flowing and working through us. But the spirit of God will not find us if we are not out in the field by night keeping watch. If we're not willing to do that which God has commanded, then we will never be in a position to ex- to experience uh, the midst uh, the powerful presence of God uh, coming upon us. His uh, presence is always powerful. Uh, next, I would say that, that they had a powerful message. Not only was the power was the presence of this angelic host Uh, powerful uh, in their presence, but their message was powerful. Notice verse number 11 for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's a powerful message. The Savior that was promised by Isaiah, the Savior that was alluded to by the psalmist, the Savior, the Messiah, uh, that's been predicted even since the, since the garden, whenever, uh, whenever God gave the promise that, uh, that their seed would bruise the serpent's head, was the first promise of Messiah. All throughout, we see the promise, and now the message that's delivered is that your Messiah has been born. That's a powerful message. May I say this morning that the power of the message of God should not be lost on any of us. And so we're so fortunate to have so much. We're so fortunate, not just materially, but uh, in, in the things of God. We have so much. We have heat. We have air conditioning. We're not meeting under a tree. We're not walking to church in the rain. We're not uh, We're not devoid of Scripture. We don't have to come in this morning and take sections of the Bible that we've torn apart and rotate it from one household uh, to the next so that everyone has at least some part of the Word of God like happens in many cultures. I remember being on the mountainside of Matagalpa, Nicaragua and watching uh, a torrential rain come down as the rainy season got started and a church just on the hill in the mountains and seeing, uh, seeing 30 or 40 people walking up the mud roads and out of the mountains from the jungle, uh, and coming to that little building, uh, to assemble and worship God in the rain not just children and not just teenagers, but, uh, but middle aged and older people as well, that, uh, we would have sat back and said, Hey, uh, it's raining too hard pastor. Uh, or I might slip and fall and break something. And all of those are legitimate concerns. I'm just saying, because we have so much available to us, we're not willing to pay the price that people in many places are willing to pay to experience God's blessing and power. Listen, the message is powerful. Don't dumb down the message of God in our hearts and in our lives because we've heard it so often that it does not have the same impact that it once had. When we find ourselves truly in in the field, when we find ourselves truly engaged with God, when we find ourselves truly in God's presence, His powerful message becomes real to us again. We see that in their message, they have received a powerful mandate. Notice in verse number 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go. They're going. What happens whenever God's presence is real in my life? What happens whenever God's message becomes powerful to me? What happens when I experience the glory of God in my life, the way they experienced the glory of God uh, on this hillside? They could not keep it to themselves. Let us go now even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass. Hey, they hear about the great thing that's happened. They want to see. They want to be involved. They want to get engaged. They want to be a part of what's taken place, and they're willing to make sacrifice, and they're willing to journey, and they're willing to set aside their own comfort and, uh, and to break up the monotony of their life as God has broken it up to come and say, hey, we want to get in on this. We want to be a part of it. We don't want to sit on the sidelines. We want to understand and know and experience what's happened. So they go. Notice verse 17. And when they had seen it, they saw. You know, sometimes you can't see until you go. Sometimes, and that has a lot of different applications, sometimes I can't experience God's power in my life because I'm, I'm not willing to go. I'm not willing to go to my Bible. I'm not willing to go to the Lord in prayer. I'm not willing to go. Out to let God use me, however it affects and wherever you're at in your life. May I say to you this morning that until we get to a place where we're willing to go where God is, where God wants us, where God's ordained that we be, we'll never see what God has for us. We'll never see the great things that God is doing. It's interesting to me that, that many times I'll have a week where I'll have one uh, person in the church that will be uh, just irate and furious, and it's the worst church ever, and it's a cult, and you're the most horrible pastor I've ever had, uh, and, uh, and and or I hate this particular service more than than I just don't even have any use for this particular service. I like Sunday morning, or I like Sunday night. And it's funny that I'll have one person will, uh, will say that this is the, the worst ever, and at the same time, someone else come in, and it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, If you would think if it was really that bad, everybody would feel the same way. You know what's the difference? The difference is someone has a heart that's open and someone has a heart that's closed. Someone has a heart that's seeking and someone has a heart that won't get past old hurts and old feelings and old experiences. And the reality is is that that's true of all of us. Until I come to a place in my life where I'm willing to understand that this is what God has told me I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to do it. And it doesn't matter if God doesn't speak to me in a powerful way the first time I go back to where I'm supposed to be. Or the first time that I do, I'm just going to continue to do what God said. And ultimately, in God's timing, there's going to be a powerful presence that's going to settle over us. And there's going to be a powerful message that's going to be given. And then we'll understand the powerful mandate that we've been given. We've got to go. We've got to go to His Word. We've got to go to Him in prayer. We've got to go and tell others about what He's done in our life. And they were excited to do it because it was real. Because it was powerful. The mandate was to go, it was to see, then in verse 18, it was to tell. And all that they had heard, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. When they had seen it, verse 17, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. They had to tell. They couldn't contain it. And somebody came in this morning and said, uh, hey, uh, here's, and they pulled you aside and said, you know, I just want to be a blessing to you. Here's a million dollars. Uh, How long is it going to take you to start spreading the news to the people that you love and are close to you? How long is it going to take you to start calculating what you're going to do with that? What you're going to pay off? Who you're going to be a help to? Who in your family you want to be a blessing to? If it's good news, We can't contain it. If it's something that we're excited about, we can't hold it in. Uh, We want to get it out. That's true of every area of life. But yet we struggle to share our faith. We struggle to follow the command that God has given us. And so we see this morning that the shepherds were simply minding their posts. And then we see that they were in the midst. They found themselves because they were willing to mind their posts in the midst of the powerful Thirdly, this morning, we see the shepherds seeing a miraculous presence, a miraculous presence. This is a presence that started out with power it was bright but they understand also that not only is it powerful but it's miraculous this is not of the ordinary this is not something uh, that is that is that's going to be replicated in history verse number 13 and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men and so what we see here this morning is that the shepherds are are uh, out here in the A miraculous presence settles over them. There's a miraculous presence of the heavenly host. The heavenly host is interesting. We see first that there's this individual, an angel making an announcement, and then the heavenly host, the army of God, the angelic army of God out there, and they're not ready to wage war. They're ready to sing praise to their king. They're singing glory to God in the highest. Why? Because they are gaining some understanding that what the birth of Jesus means is that there will be reconciliation between God and man. That there is again the hope of peace, the hope of joy, the hope of, of those uh, that are hurting, being being fixed, repaired, healed. And we see that, that this, is a, this is a heavenly host. Listen, uh, it, it is a miraculous thing for God to reveal the angels of heaven to, to humanity. But He does here. And when God settles in in our lives and our heart, don't lose out on the fact that it's miraculous. When God captivates your walk, when God captivates your attention, when God uh, soothes that hurt, when He soothes that pain, when God helps you grow, when God helps you uh, achieve or accomplish that, which He set out, that is a miraculous, intervening, powerful, moving of the Spirit of God in your life. And we see this, this evening or this morning as they're out here, that they, that they are encapsulated and they're captivated by this miraculous presence, the presence of a heavenly host. But the real miracle is the presence of this miraculous child. And notice in verse number 16, and they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. May I say this morning that there's no greater miracle than Jesus. There's no greater miracle than a person who realizes that Jesus has paid their debt and wants to save them from their sin. It's the purpose for which he came. It's the the driving force between all ministry, between every Christian life. It is a heavenly child. There's a heavenly host, yes. Who knows how large the crowd was, but it could have been thousands if not or, or more of angels singing and glorifying God we don't know the number what we do know is what is who they were singing about and what we do know is that however great and majestic and uh, and miraculous all of that crowd together was none of it was as great as the child in the manger he's a wonderful savior he can do wonderful things in our lives if we'll just let him I want you to see lastly this morning that first we saw the shepherds minding their post and then we see them experience this great spectacle. They're in the midst of great power. They're in the midst of a miraculous presence. Notice what happens next. Verse number 18. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The last thing I want you to see this morning is that the shepherds were minding their posts again. They were doing what they were supposed to do, they experienced a miracle, they saw the glory of God, they met a Savior. And they were back again on the job. All of Christian life is not going from, running from miracle to miracle. The Christian life is not about one spectacle after another. The power of God in your life, in my life, and the power of God is realizing that I cannot be involved in going from miracle to miracle. That real success is passionately, faithfully performing the mundane things of my day. Where did they find God's power? In the field. Where did they find God's presence? On a hillside. They weren't out looking for something spectacular. They were just doing what they were supposed to do. Sometimes I think that in spiritual life and in church life and in ministry, we have far too many churches and pastors and spiritual leaders that are all jazzed up about running from big event to big event and getting all caught up and in, uh, in seeing and in innovating the next great thing when what we really need, and I'm not against new ideas, but what we really need is to just focus on Jesus, Amen. to just do what we're supposed to do and realize that the church is the Lord's, it's all God's. And when we do what He wants us to do, that when the time is right and when God's will mandates it and when He's ready, hearts and lives are impacted. And there are people who are just doing what they're supposed to do that are used to impact it, surrendered. Not complaining because, well, it's kind of boring, and my life's not spectacular, or our ministry's not spectacular. They're just minding their post. They were shepherds when the pronouncement was made. And they're shepherds after the angels return. They're shepherds. They're just caring for the sheep. My friends, that's what we'll be. We're we're shepherds together. We're the sheep and we're helping care for other sheep. We are here. That is our lot. That is what God has given us to do. May I suggest this morning as we close that joy and peace come. Not from going from spectacular event to spectacular event but joy and peace are found in the presence of God as we do the daily tasks that he's given us to do faithfully. If I live from miracle to miracle, I will live in disappointment and despair. But if I live with Jesus every moment of the day, I'll have peace and I'll have joy. And along the way, there will be moments that are spectacular, that impact eternity with great power. Not because we were something special, but because we allowed the Lord to walk with us, to commune with us, and to lead us as we obeyed Him. And He did something special while we were present. God's gonna do great things. I wanna make sure that I'm where I'm supposed to be when He does them so I don't miss out. I wanna be right where God wants me to be. And however long it takes for God to decide that He wants to do something that's out of the ordinary, it's His business. But in the meantime, May we all be found faithful.